welcome to State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. And here's Dave Adam. Hello, everybody. My name is David Adam. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor at Muddy River News. I've also coached youth sports teams since I was 14 years old. That now puts me into my 42nd year will be starting this winter of coaching some sports somewhere, boys, girls, still doing it. Anyway, we're talking about basketball on today's podcast. Joining me today is Tom Vanderboer with the Aces program through the Quincy Parochial Schools and Sean Dean with the Little Devils program through Quincy's Public Schools. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Hello. I, I think I, we should be up front and letting everybody know that um, – I've known both of these guys for um, a long, long, long time. Um, I remember co- covering Sean's teams when he played at Quincy High School, and he played basketball b- b- long before that, so I've known him forever. And uh, Tom and I actually coached together, have coached against each other. I think we first started coaching against each other in the YMCA Little League. Yeah, the 11 and 12-year-olds. How long ago was that? Oh, it was in the 90s. I know that. Yeah, my uh-huh. dad was my assistant coach. Tony Cameron, Tony Cameron was my assistant he coach. He was the Tony wild was... man at third base. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of talking about Tony Cameron and his third base coaching antics, we're going to talk about youth basketball. I guess to let everybody know what you're doing, Sean, how did you get involved with the Little Devils program? And, and what exactly is the Little Devils program? Yeah, uh, Floyd Robbins. Floyd Robbins started the Little Devils program, what, 30, 35 years ago when his son Travis was going through. Uh, is Travis your age? Travis is uh, Travis is two years younger than me, so pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Floyd was looking for coaches, and that at the time – the idea was to have coaches that are not parents and today it's it's very tough to do you two are you know the the aces are fortunate to have both of you not being not having that direct tie with with kids but sometimes it's uh or with your own kids with uh but sometimes that's on there's no way around it so uh floyd was looking um paired me up with uh with john sprick who i've become uh, really good friends with john is a uh, an outstanding guy, and, and just sets the the bar and the example for for all the kids to follow. And the so, program, and the kids in your Little Devils program are from what ages? Uh, they, we actually go by grade, so it's second grade through sixth grade. At that point, then the, then they start the junior high program. All right. And Tom, I know you started. I think you told me the other day you started coaching with. Dale Venverlo's YMCA basketball team when you first moved to town? Well, I had coached Dale's son, Kyle, in baseball. Um, when I got involved, I moved here in 91, and Brian Hill got me involved oh at the gosh, uh, Brian Hill. YMCA. And so uh, he somehow got me to coach a basketball team of third graders one, the next winter, the winter after I moved here. And, and DJ, uh, Dale's youngest, was on my team. And that was the YMCA. And then um, – I really had no idea what I was doing, of course. And Dale said, I, I need a coach. He had just started the ACES program not too long before that with his son, Craig. And um, Dale's like, we need a fifth grade coach for ACES. And I said, well, I don't think I can do that. And he said, do you know more than a fifth grader? And I said, well, yeah. He said, you're hired. And so <laughs> I've been involved with the Aces since probably 93. And the Aces are f- used to be it used different to be, grades, but what is it right it now? It used to be grades five through eight. 
And then I'd say eight or nine years ago, the parochial schools made a decision for their seventh and eighth grade to go to the IESA format, like the junior high uh, Mm -hmm. format that the public schools do. And so that's become the Crusaders. Aces and Crusaders, I mean, they're they're the same. Aces is fifth, fifth and sixth grade. Crusaders is seventh and eighth. But it's the... Um, you know, it's the youth basketball program for the parochial schools right. uh, and the kids going to Q&D. I've got a kid who's three, four, five years old. How do I get my kids started in basketball in Quincy, Sean? We actually run a, uh, a developmental league, uh, Coach Douglas, which, as Tom knows, as you know, if you're a feeder program, that high school coach is is so critical in, in being involved and in making making your program a success. So, we run a, uh, uh, I think it's a six to seven week developmental league. This is for all kids. This is not the travel tryout style basketball. This is let's let's get in there a couple hours each week and uh, work on skills and see what they're interested in. Gives them a chance to to see if it's something that they want to pursue. Are there other opportunities that you know of, Tom and Quincy? If you're if you're a small kid, I mean, I think still the CYO I think still has first through fourth grade developmental leagues. But I'm not but that's totally all still for through sure. the parochial school. If, if you wanted to apply, you, you, you would need to go to contact one of the Catholic churches, basically. I think you, I don't know if you have to be enrolled in the school. Um, I, I'm not totally sure on right. that, but it is, I, I think they still have that. And that's probably where we struggle a little bit as far as the aces. We might start a little later, but I, I'm okay with starting the organized games in fifth grade, where I know, um, Sean, I think you guys start. Quite a bit earlier. We do. We start in second, but yeah. it's it's a, a very watered down, if you will, version of what we're trying to do in right. that fifth and sixth. We we practices are much shorter in length. We don't uh, we don't travel really any further than some of the leagues in uh, in Barry, Illinois, yeah. and, and over in Canton. So, so if 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 my kid wanted to get involved with your basketball program how do they get involved i mean how do they find out about the little devils uh it's all over social media we go through uh the schools we send information out through the schools uh a lot of times it's word of mouth it's it's people that have gone through it in the past and know somebody else that has a a young player wanting to get involved and and they'll direct uh they'll they'll reach out to me direct so there's a number of different ways yeah how about and that's pretty much the same with us um it's through the schools and parishes i'll send a um usually First part of September, I'll usually send some note to the par- uh, parishes to put in their bulletins and through the, to the principals of the parochial schools uh, to put, we usually have tryouts end of September, first part of October. Um, and that's, and it's the same as the devils, word of mouth, people know about it. I mean, we've been around for 30 years almost or over 30 years. So it's not like it's a new thing. Uh, and so people, if they're interested in basketball, they've heard of Either of these programs, right? So if if it's, and, and the fact is, I think if you're right. If you're from Quincy, or you've lived in Quincy, you've probably if and you hang around the athletic circles at all, you kind of know. If you're new, you've moved to town, uh, you don't know anything about this. How would people know? I mean, when you start that com- the more competitive basketball, the fifth and sixth grade level basketball, how often do your teams play? How, how far do they travel? How many kids do you have involved? I think our programs are pretty similar, and we, and we see each other a number of times throughout the season. Uh, we, we try to start with a league. There was a league in, uh, in Barrie, Illinois, that uh, was, was a well-run. It was a fundraiser for their, their uh, high school program in athletics. 
uh, they did a great job. And, and that's kind of a chance for us to, to get your feet wet and, and to figure out, you know, what kids are going to work where. And then that kind of leads into some of the travel tournaments that we go to. We usually do four to five of those a year. Uh, we, we, we try not to get too carried away. It's not a, an AAU-style uh, program where you're going to travel – you know, seven, eight miles, seven to eight hours uh, just to play in a tournament. This is, we're, we're trying to keep it close. The, mm-hmm. the, the two hour kind of diameter. And, and is what we're looking amazing? For Quincy, two hours is <laughs> nothing. Is air quotes close. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. the, the, for, for, for Quincy teams to travel two hours is no nothing. big deal. But that's part of what you, it's kind of the, the travel has kind of become a necessary evil in this sport, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends. You're going to travel. People don't usually want to come to Quincy, especially teams from like Springfield, St. Louis area. They can go across the street and have any number of games. So for them to come to Quincy is is a little it is unnecessary, really. Uh, so yet traveling, you know, when we we think of like Sean, we think of Barry, Macomb, Keokuk, Jacksonville. You can find enough games at that fifth and sixth grade yeah. level to get all. I mean, the games Ga- you Galesburg want. is our you know huge travel. It's the two hour one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's our big one, and and we've played in leagues too. Our kids play in the Barry League. We've played in leagues when you and I, when you came with me seven, eight, whatever years ago it was, um, we had a league in Palmyra, which was great. Yeah, um, you know, you go twenty minutes and you have games. Yeah, and it was it was great. So. Uh, that's that's what we do as far as the number of games. We're pretty decentralized. I mean, I might be in charge of the aces. That involves getting information out to people about when the tryouts are and writing a check. I mean, that's or paying the you know paying this the the tournament fee. That's basically it. We leave the scheduling to the coaches um, because they kind of know how many games their parents their kids want to play. Some. You know, years ago we had, if you remember, Steve Akers. Steve was a great guy for the Aces. He was. He, was, he loved those kids. He loved uh, basketball. And he, his kids, they, they practiced all the time. And played and they, they the played time. all the time. Yeah, teams um, are different. And right. then the next team down may have wanted half the games. So we kind of let them determine the number of games. But I'd say 25 on a normal season. I know you and I have... Coach Long, We've gone a little over that a couple times. but that was mainly because we had good teams, and when you'd go to a tournament, you'd play more games yeah. because you got to the championship game. Yeah, and so it wasn't a number of necessarily number of travel dates; it was just a number of. Well, games. I always so. thought one of the important things, especially at the youth level, is if you're going to travel to go play a game, get in two or three games. It's kind of deflating, I think, sometimes when you're 10, 11, 12 years old, and you drive to Pittsfield. And you get in for two minutes. But if you get in three games, two minutes here, five minutes here, three minutes here, by the end of the day, you felt like you've contributed. And to drive all that way for one game that may take an hour, oftentimes because you've got two 20-minute running clock halves, is a little – you can get a little dejected as a kid. That's, I'm that's guessing a, for you guys, you just want court time and touches, don't you, Sean? You do. You do. The, the main thing, it, you want to keep it fun. The, the kids have to have fun. Uh, the coaches, they need to have fun too. It's a different kind of fun for them. But uh, to add to, to what Tom said, sometimes those seasons get extended because these teams get close. Uh, right. they, they become 
uh, really good friends, and they, they don't want it to stop. They want to keep going. But then, you know, you get soccer in the spring and, and some other sports and baseball that come into play. So, uh, Let's take a break to let our listeners know about our sponsors. No matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. Also, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fan wear to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. They also carry all of your soccer needs. I thought it was interesting that Sean talked about the season sometimes ending, sometimes going on because of other sports. That's always that's, that's Sometimes when you talk about travel sports, that can be the elephant in the room in regard to finding time to... to you have to work with baseball. You have to work with soccer. You have to work with those other sports. How does your program do that? We, we have meetings. We have that initial parent meeting where we feel that if it's in, in season, if it's the basketball season. In season for you would be what months? Uh, October. usually End of October. Yeah, to, usually through early March, yeah, late February. Late February. And, and we do. We're, we're very flexible with, with kids who – Maybe they want to go do some baseball training that night in the winter. It, you make it work, uh, but we ask the parents, you know, we're investing time in your kids, uh, you know, have, have the, the same for us and, and give us that, that time back. So, And for you, Tom, I mean, the fact is, is that it'd be nice if you could try to do that, but you're really at the mercy of those parents, aren't you? Well, we are, and we're also at the mercy of finding a place to practice and that's always difficult, and it seems to be getting more difficult as the years go on. Um, but, you know, like Sean said, we're pretty flexible, too. I'm, I'm of the belief that kids should be in more than one activity. Um, I don't think that any coach who says, you should play only my sport anytime, and, and it, I'll it's, see what age are you even talk. Are you talking through like their high school career? Or I do. At a certain point, do you think hey, it's okay? Well, to I think specialize? it depends. I think it depends on the kid. Yeah. Um, because they they know what they're you know by the time they're sophomores, juniors, I think they they know if that's what they're going to be um, well, or I, do. I, the first person I think of is a a, a kid that, that that Tom and I coached eight years ago. Seth Anderson. Seth Anderson was a fantastic basketball player. He was a really, 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 really good soccer player. And he, after junior high, he kind of concentrated on soccer. I think he would have actually, by the time his senior year rolled around, I think he was kind of thinking about maybe playing basketball for fun. Right. But there was a kid who was so talented in one sport and got a scholarship to go to St. Louis University that it was worth his time to spend it all on one sport. I would say most kids aren't like that. Right. And, and, and Seth, as a matter of fact, wanted to play, go back out in his junior year, but he was playing a travel team in St. Louis, and it was just going to be a conflict. Uh, he, had, he had wanted to do that, come back. So, But it was for fun. 
But I think, you know, those, those kids are few and far between, really. And I think, but especially through the junior high, um, I think they should be playing other sports. Uh, work. It helps their muscles, um, helps their body to play different things, helps their mind. Um, you get a little tired of listening to the same coaches yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah, and the same thing. But, you know, during the season, you know, we're pretty, we are pretty flexible. Um, but if we have a conflict, we just, we try to talk to the parent face-to-face. Um, there's no reason to go behind somebody's back. Um, if, if, you know, you have a problem with their kid not showing up, that's where you talk to the parent. Very as, simple. As these programs develop, as these kids are in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, how much of an emphasis is there on development how much of an emphasis is there on winning, and do those things change as kids get older? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, when we start in fifth and sixth grade, we, we call it competitive basketball. Um, you know, the score is kept, and there's going to be a winner, and there's going to be a team that loses, and that's just the way it is. Um, but I know it's, it's more important, especially in the fifth and sixth grade, to have development um, and have him learn the game just you know we talk about i know you and i always talk about watching this game did you watch this game this is what happened and you and know most of them say no, no i was playing xbox yeah we we take it for granted that these kids know and understand rules and everything else and, and they don't um and so the development is is more important Winning's important kids kids like to win uh we don't usually go into a game to say boy man i really hope we lose today um, you know, you, kids like to win. It's just the way it is. Um, but also, I know in the fifth and sixth grade, you know, in the aces, we have a we have a policy of you know, it's it's not equal playing time. It's not everybody gets to play. However, we as coaches have always we want to get kids in. They're not going to get better if they don't get a chance to get into the game. Um, but you know, practices are you know probably. 10 times more important than the games themselves, yeah. honestly. Well, and I know, I mean, you and I, we love having practice. Yeah. We, we love going to practice. That's, what, that's our favorite thing. How much time do your teams practice? We usually meet twice a week, each team, and they'll go for the younger teams just may, right around an hour. Uh, the older teams, sometimes up to two hours. Right. And you try to do that. You try to develop in the first part of the practice and then prepare for games in the second. Uh, we do. We play to win, but it's not at all costs. And, and as Tom said, you, you – you might not get the minutes this game, but we're going to make it up somewhere down the road. Uh, we use our leagues mainly for for that that playing time if we can try to get that as, as close and as fair and level as possible. But when you go to tournaments, you do you play to win because you want to advance. Uh, but it's but it's not an all cost. It's it's we try to teach the the life lessons as you go, and um, there's absolutely nothing that a kid is going to do that is going to change the mind of an official. And the sooner that that, that kid can learn that. And parents, the more successful he's going to be later on in his career. One of the things that uh, we've all seen are those kids who, when they were 10 or 11 years old, and the old line, they couldn't chew gum and walk a straight line. But then all of a sudden they hit 13 or 14, and all of a sudden the coordination kicks in. They get stronger, taller, bigger, faster. For kids who – don't make your travel teams. 
Are there other opportunities for kids to continue to still play the game around here? To me, that would seem – I mean, you you can only take care of your programs, but it would seem to be – there seems to be like a shortage of places to play where, no, I'm not one of the top 10% of the players in my grade level right now, but I still like the game, and I'd like to learn to continue how to play. How do you help those types of players? You do have the YMCA. That's that's one option. Um I don't. You guys have tryouts, and there's kids that uh, they're not going to make it. There's, there's there's times where you have to make those cuts, and it's, it's you only can carry so many. You players. Can only it's carry a matter so of many. numbers more than anything. And you you try to encourage them to you know stay connected and, and keep playing. There's uh, I know a lot of kids go to the Croc Center, uh, the YMCA. There's there's places, and then some of the playgrounds uh, when the weather's decent, but. Uh, you know, a, a good example of that is uh, a guy I played with, George Millsap. Back when we were in high school and junior high, they had B teams. And, and it, you see some of that now, maybe five or six, but it, they were two different complete teams. And he was on the B team through his I freshman was a year. I B-team player. Through his freshman year. Couldn't – you talk about not walking, chewing gum. And, and, and if he was here, I wouldn't say it in front of him, but he's – Big George guy. Probably, <laughs> oh yeah. Now he's a big dude. Yeah, it, but he is one who found a weight room, found coordination, and ended up with a uh, Division One scholarship to Western. And, and, and an incredible player. Well, and we've all. I mean, you saw George Millsap. How many people have we talked about over the years, Tom? I mean, Brian McNeil, Brian McNeil. was another one who yeah. ended up was did not make his travel teams when he was in, in, in grade school and ended up having a, a really nice career at Quincy University. Right. I mean, do you have to just kind of keep an, out, an eye out for kids like that to make sure they still stay involved with the program or involved with the sport in some way? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times it is it is because of a numbers issue. Um, you know, you can't carry 18 kids on a basketball team. You play five at a time. And like you said, you might play a 40-minute running clock. Well, those, those go fast. And you just you can't get every you can't get eighteen kids in. You can barely get twelve in if you're really really fortunate. And so it becomes a numbers game. And you know, and I know in the past uh, the parochial schools have always had the CYO to fall back on, and it just it just isn't there anymore. Right. And and so we do. You know, I've had to make cuts, um, and I tell kids that I want them to stay involved in. Um, you know, come back again the next year. There's been cases where we've cut a kid, he comes back the next year, and he makes the team because he's improved. Um, and other kids have not improved. And, sometimes, you know, it's the fact of the matter is sometimes we make mistakes. I mean, and that's just the way it is. So we encourage them. We always keep them in mind, you know, let's make sure this kid stays involved because the, the idea behind, I think, both of the programs is to make the high school programs better that's the idea we're not here just because we want to be the aces we we have a program you're, here, you're not here to win the seventh grade world no, championship. nobody cares what you did in sixth grade the kids what they remember is the one night they stayed overnight and they swam for three hours and dunked their kid their friends all night that's what they remember in the pizza party they rarely remember the game in sixth grade that you know won or lost uh some championship so we're here for the high schools and so the idea is to, to develop the kids that are going to play high school basketball. Last question for each of you. Are there any aspects of the youth basketball experience from 
first grade through eighth grade. We'll, we'll let the high school programs stand on their own. But from first grade through eighth grade, is there anything that you wish was different, better? We stopped doing this or we started doing that? No, I, I think availability of gyms. I think it's gotten really We We run into hard. that every year. And we've got what, four or five new uh, elementary schools. And it's incredibly hard to get time into these gyms. Why do you find, what are you hearing is the reason that you uh, other programs there's other programs there's uh whether they're school affiliated or not mm-hmm. there's there's people that are taking up that gym time and and that's great if there's there's other programs going on it's just uh we're looking out for our interests and and that happens to be some gym time for the for the basketball kids so if there were more more areas more opportunity for uh for gym availability i think that's a, a big one and then uh, to keep more kids. to There's times where we, if we're fortunate enough to have some extra coaches that are willing to step up, it may be parents, we will make another team. And you try not to do the A and B team, but in the end that's usually what it comes down to. And, and that's fine. And I've seen where the A team is lost to the B team before. And it's, uh, you know, it's a humbling experience for those kids. But, you know, again, another life lesson. So um, those would be the two that stick out to me. Yeah, I, I think those are the two that I was going to say as well. The gym availability has gotten really, really tough, which is kind of an interesting thing because I don't remember the gym availability being as much of a problem when we had the CYO and we had CYO and ACEs. And, we, and now we just have ACEs and it seems like the gym availability is few and far between. Um, we have, we've been fortunate to have volunteer coaches step up where we've been able to have two teams uh, in the past, um, you know, and, and so, but that's, that's not going to happen very often. And trying to find quality coaches who we would love to not be parents, but that's getting harder and harder. Um, you know, the aces and the crusaders have been fortunate enough to have the same coaches for, Several years, we've been very fortunate. Um, I've been doing it for 25 years. Rick Fessler's been doing it for 25 years. We're not going to last forever, and I don't know, you know, who's been who's going to step up when we're done. Uh, but to have more coaches and more um, people that are looking for the um, the outlook for the kids more than anything, and not um, notch in their one in loss record, I guess. Uh, that's the big thing. I know my my request for the basketball world is outlawing all zone defenses <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> through at least sixth grade. It would I help. Mean, most kids can't even, can barely get the ball to the rim from the three point line in the sixth grade. So of course you should sit back and play a soft two three zone. But it doesn't do anybody any good. So that's I'm now officially off my soapbox. Yeah, that's a great yeah, point. We've had that conversation. Gentlemen, thank you. This has been fun. We've talked about a couple of these things before in the past, but now we've actually been recorded for posterity's sake about our thoughts on this. So thank you. All right. Thank You're welcome. You. Thanks. And, and thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can catch the other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.